This is the Ball Talk Pod. Evan Kinsey. Starting Good afternoon, and thanks for tuning in to the Ball Talk Pod with Evan Kinser. On today's show, we have former All-NBA and NBA assist leader Rod Strickland on the show. Rod, thanks for coming on. Uh, thanks for having me. I appreciate it. Rod played for nine teams during his 17-year career. Trailblazers, Spurs, Bullets, and Knicks. He had some great individual accomplishments, like being named to the All-NBA second team in 1990. Assists that year with the Washington Wizards. We're really glad to have Rod on our show today, and I believe he will bring a lot to the show. Okay, so we would like to start out with your high school career. You grew up in New York, but you played for a high school basketball powerhouse, Oak Hill Academy of Virginia. Tell us about your high school career and what it was like on the team that now so many current NBA players went to. Yeah, well, first I started out in New York City, uh, and I actually went to the famous uh, Rice High School in Manhattan, which uh, is no longer a school now. Uh, and then I transferred to Truman High School in the Bronx, where I won a city and state championship my junior year. And uh, from there, my high school coach, Steve Lapis, he he, uh, he he went to Villanova University. He got an offer to coach for them. And he actually went there and they won the championship. Uh, I want to say that next year when Ed Pinkney and them guys at Villanova uh, upset Georgetown University with Patrick Ewing. Uh, so, so because he left, uh, I actually, you know, they, well, the funny thing is that my, the old Rice High School coach, who was the varsity coach and uh back in those days when you played uh when you was a freshman you had to play freshman when you was a sophomore you had to play jv so i wanted to move up and the, and the, the head coach wouldn't let me move up and so he got the coaching job at truman when steve lapis left and so i didn't want to play for him so that's uh then lap helped me find oak hill academy and, uh, you know, I got the Oak Hill Academy. It definitely was a transition. You know, I'm from the inner cities of New York, and now I'm at the, I'm in the mouth of Wilson, Virginia. Uh, but it was a great experience. Uh, coach Smith, who's the head coach now, was the assistant coach back then. The head coach was Larry Davis, who was the assistant coach at Cincinnati. And, uh, you know, me and Larry Davis, we probably didn't see eye to eye most of the time there. But Coach Smith and his and his wife, uh, his family kind of got me through uh, uh, that experience. But it was a great experience uh, in the classroom and on the court. When most people think of Oak Hill Academy, they think about all the phenomenal players who went th- through there like yourself, Carmelo Anthony, Jerry Stackhouse, Kevin Durant, and all the other great NBA players who play there. So I really like what Oak Hill's doing. Uh, what do you think about their team this year? Have you seen it, any games? Well, they actually played against my boys the other day. My sons played against them uh, here in Tampa. Uh, they lost by six, actually, St. Pete High School. Uh, so I got a chance to see some highlights. I couldn't catch the game because I was in Oklahoma City visiting the uh, Oklahoma, Oklahoma City's G League team. So they actually just played my son and them. And I saw them on TV one time this year. But uh, Coach Smith is my guy. Got a really good relationship with him. So I keep up with those guys. I'm a, I follow the league pretty well. Uh, 
watch a Oklahoma City Blue game? Yes. I, well, actually, I spent a week with them. I went out there last week and had a great time. Uh, spent some time with the coaches uh, and the players. Uh, so, yeah, just, just this past week. Uh, after your high school career, you played for DePaul, where you became a national prospect as you were drafted in the first round in 1988. What was the whole process like of being scouted and eventually making it to the NBA? Well, I mean, honestly, I don't know the process of the scouting. You know, I was playing. You know, I was in the moment uh, trying to become a better player and obviously looking forward to becoming a pro. So I really don't know. I mean, as far as, you know, once I decided and declared uh, 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 my eligibility to the NBA draft, uh, you know, I guess teams, did they do diligence? Did they work? Uh, you know, back then, it, but I think I may have I, I visited a couple teams. I didn't do a lot of uh, uh, traveling. I didn't visit a whole lot of teams. Uh, and, you know, I just got ready. I just uh, kept playing, kept hooping, and just got ready for the draft. You were selected by the New York Knicks that year. And during your rookie year with the Knicks, you were named to the all-rookie second team. Uh, but it was odd because you backed up the eventual rookie of the year, Mark Jackson, who is another fantastic playmaker. What was it like having two dynamic playmakers on the same team? And also, what do you think you all could have done together if you'd stayed on the team longer? Well, uh, I think it was interesting because I wasn't expecting to get drafted by the Knicks. Uh, you know, Mark Jackson just had an excellent rookie year. You know, I remember being at the Paul watching him play against the Bulls and playing real well. So that 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 was the last team that I would have thought uh, uh, would have picked me. Uh, so during draft during the draft day, I was told I would go somewhere between seven and fifteen. Uh, my agent at the time told me that Seattle had the fifteenth pick. Uh, if I was around, I wouldn't go any further than that. Seattle had the 15th pick. They drafted, I think, Gary Grant, tra traded him for Olden Polonese or something like that. So I sat uh, I sat at the draft. I didn't know what was next because the, the next few teams, you know, I looked, I think it was Utah, I think it was Houston, it was the Knicks, and there might have been someone else, and I just looked at their, their rosters so I knew who their point guards were, so I didn't think I would be picked by any of those teams. So I was worried I would drop in the draft. I got a call from uh, my college coach, Joey Meyer, early in the day, uh, draft day, and he told me that he heard I was slipping and that, you know, uh, Boston and the Celtics, I mean, I'm sorry, Boston and the Lakers called about me, and they were the last two picks of the draft, probably 24, 25 at the time. So I, I was thinking I might drop and I may go to them. So when the Knicks drafted me, I was shocked. And it was kind of a, a bittersweet moment because obviously I'm being drafted to the NBA, my lifelong dream. It's in the first round. You know, I'm in New York City, but I got drafted by a team uh, that already had, a, 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 you know, the all-rookie, I mean, rookie of the year point guard. And then also, I'm from New York City, and I actually got booed. You know, it was funny because uh, New York City and Mark Jackson, 
they wanted uh, the Knicks to draft Shelton Jones, who played at St. John's. And so Mark was actually at the draft, sitting by Shelton. You know, they were holding hands. You know, they were very good friends. And they were hoping uh, for him to be drafted. And they called my name the whole stadium boo. So that was kind of funny to me. Uh, but, uh, you know, yeah, it, it, was, uh, it, it, was, it was different. I was expecting or I was hoping to get drafted by a team where I would have my my own team and I can uh, kind of go from there. But, you know, they had, they had Mark Jackson, so I had to come off the bench. Uh, you know, me and Mark, great friends. You know, we had our moments back then. We were young, competitive, you know, our families. You know, everybody thought, you know, obviously Mark thought he was the best. I thought I was the best. Our families, you know, vice versa, thought, you know, I was the best or he was the best. So we had our moments, and actually we laugh now. Because I almost tried to start a fight with him one day in practice. Uh, I just was having a, a rough day, and I don't know. But, uh, you know, Mark, Mark is a smooth guy. He kind of, you know, he, 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 was, he was the more mature dude at the time. But uh, I, I always talk about it now. If we were in this era and this time, I think we could have played together. Back then, it was like you're a point guard. You play the point guard position. You have a two-guard shooting guard. You have a small forward. You know, the game has changed now so uh you know it's it's uh you know everybody's playing in any position they're playing little guards together you know a small ball so it, it would be different in this day and age and actually there were times where Rick Pitino was the head coach and there were times where you know we might be blowing the team out at the end of games he would put me and Mark in and we actually played well together but you know back in those days that just you know playing two point guards wasn't wasn't heard of well uh, clearly it worked out the best for both of you as you both retire uh having being in the top 10 and career assist uh and I was interested in what you said you said the Lakers might have picked you. I'm a big Laker guy, so I mean mm-hmm. Lakers. I was like, oh wow. Uh, so that was pretty cool. That I didn't. I was hoping yeah. to say something about the Lakers. But yeah, well, well, let me say this. Even when I was a free agent leaving San Antonio, and I think Magic Johnson was going through. You know, he got. Uh, tested positive for HIV, and he was going through that. The Lakers spoke to me before I went to Portland, and actually we were up all night, midnight, and they were just trying to figure out if Magic was going to come back because if Magic was coming back, then they weren't going to pick me up. So I almost was a Laker, you know, later on in my career. Uh, Just imagine that. Rod Strickland, Eddie Jones. (laughs) Yeah. But – after a season and a half with the Knicks, we were to the San Antonio Spurs and averaged almost double the minutes and were inserted into the starting lineup. What was it like going from the bench to being a starter so young? It was exciting. You know, I was looking for that opportunity. So, uh, you know, when I got traded, uh, I found out I was on a plane. And actually, they called me off the plane to tell me that I got traded and I went back home. But I was excited. You know, you had David Robinson, you had uh, Willie Anderson, Sean Elliott, you know, the great Paul legend, Terry Cummins. Uh, You know, it was a nice young team. And so to be a part of that, it was exciting. Uh, after those years with the Spurs, you kept having you keep had successful seasons following. And after your uh, after the sophomore season, you really broke out during the ninety three ninety four season, turning 
into from a 13 point score to a 17 point per game score. What really changed in your game that season, and what helped you score more points than years you in prior? Well, just the maturity of a, of a NBA basketball player. I just had to become more confident, uh, work on my game. You know, each summer, you know, you try to put something new into your game. You work harder. So I think it was just a natural progression. Uh, and also, I went to Portland. And I played for Rick Adelman, who was a great coach. But he kind of empowered me. He kind of put me in different situations. You know, obviously I was a point guard, but he had me coming off screens. He would post me up. So he kind of broadened my game and kind of expanded my game. Uh, and that gave me a lot of confidence. And, you know, I'm with Clyde Drexler, Terry Porter, you know, Jerome Kersey, God bless uh, but but those guys, you know, I was playing with some great teammates. I had uh, Cliff Robinson, Mario, Eli, uh, and I just grew as a player, and I and I just grew with the team. You were a consistent seventeen and nine guy for six seasons, but in the nineteen ninety seven the ninety eight season, you upped your assist average to near eleven per game, and led mm-hmm. with that. And with that, mm-hmm. you were named to the All NBA second team, an amazing accomplishment, by the way. What was it like after not being named to the All-Star game? And you're also one of the players who they always talk about, one of the great players who never makes the All-Star game. But what was it not like being named to one of the All-NBA teams that year? Well, it was great to be named to the All-NBA team that year. You know, after, you know, I mean, being in situations where I could have been an All-Star probably four or five years and never – never having that opportunity so you know for that year for me to lead the league in assists and to be all nba second team you know that was a great accomplishment you know that says you know i'm top five top 10 players top 10 players in the, in the nba you know for for that season so then to, to not make the all-star team is disappointing i don't know if you see any uh, many people who lead the league in assists and second team nba like i don't know i would like to look that up but I, I i wouldn't think somebody wouldn't make the all-star team with with that with those accomplishments but you know it is what it is i would love to have that all-star behind my name uh but you know that all nba and like i said leading the league in assists you know i was always top five top 10 assists you know uh through the 90s uh so you know i take it for what it's worth you know i appreciate it your case kind of reminds me of, like, Damian Lillard. He never gets the credit he deserves. He does great things on the court. And year after year, he keeps missing the All-Star game. He didn't make it this year. Uh, I don't know if you caught it just a few minutes ago. They uh, did the All-Star team. They announced uh, – I think Team LeBron's going to win it in the All-Star game this year. Team <laughs> very well. Uh, also, uh, you said you didn't know about the uh, – if you're All-NBA all and not make the All-Star team – the only mm-hmm. thing I really think of I can that comes to my head is Al Jefferson when he was All NBA third team with the Hornets a couple of years ago. Oh wow! Okay, okay, okay. But after your playing career, you went into coaching, and one of the places you were at was the University of Kentucky as an assistant coach under current head coach John Calipari. Uh, mm-hmm. We're located in Kentucky, so a lot of our viewers are Wildcats fans. So can you tell us what it was like coaching at Kentucky and what you liked about the program? 
Well, I mean, Kentucky speaks for itself. I think, you know, walking into Kentucky, it was already rich in tradition, uh, you know, and then walking in there with, with uh, John Calipari, uh, just made it even more special. You know, we just come, we just come from Memphis, you know, had a, had a, uh, a championship appearance, lost to the University of Kansas. Uh, but Cal was special, uh, a special coach, special motivator. Uh, just know Cal, you know, every place he's gone to, he's made it bigger than what it was. So he just has a way about him. So going into uh, the University of Kentucky and knowing their tradition, that just made it more special. I'll never forget first walking in to those doors at uh, uh, Joe Crafts Center. I was like, wow, you know, because that was a big difference from the University of Memphis, you know, the facilities and everything. Uh, so right away, I knew how special it was. Uh, I obviously knew the, the history and the tradition. Uh, but then we were able to bring a lot of those guys that we recruited from Memphis, uh, John Wall and DeMarcus and Bledsoe. And, uh, you know, we had the leftovers uh, from Kentucky, Darius uh, Miller. Uh, I forget my guy's name. Uh Hey, help me out. Darius Miller. Uh, 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 Harrelson on that team. Josh Harrelson. Uh, my God, it's in, uh, he's with uh, Oklahoma City now. I'm forgetting names. Patrick Patterson. Uh, Patrick Patterson yeah. and DeAndre Liggins. Yeah. Uh, and, and and so we were able to put together a special team for that first year. And I think those those guys, you know, they only went to the Elite Eight, but they, they started everything. They started everything up. You know, they, they got it all going. Uh, John Wall and, and, and DeMarcus Boogie Cousins and all of them. Uh, and, uh, you know, so it was great. It was great. I mean, just to see some of the, all those special guys – uh, come into Kentucky, you know, watch them grow as, as as basketball players and as individuals, and then to see them flourish in the NBA. Uh, the Kentucky fans are ridiculous. You know, uh, I've never been around anything like that. I don't think I probably never will again. Uh, you know, they love Kentucky basketball. Uh, you know, that, that arena, Rupp Arena, was packed every night. Uh, and, and, and Kentucky's a special place. You know, those guys, one thing I tell people, when those guys leave Kentucky, you know, they come back, you know, that Kentucky always will, will, will open their arms to them. And, you know, guys who haven't even played much, you know, you'll have opportunities in Kentucky because you was a Wildcat. And I think that's pretty special. Uh, and I don't know how many universities can say that, but I, I just, you know, I've, I've seen the city and the town embraced them guys so so much it's ridiculous so it, it was it was a great uh it was a great experience so you were with coach cal at memphis uh how did you and coach cal come connected how did you guys uh meet each other well i mean coach was he was coaching in the nba so i knew him from the nba but i also he had a guy on his team mike williams when he was at when he was coaching at the university of massachusetts and he had me he wanted me to help him uh 
reach out to him and, and have a conversation with him. You know, he was going through some things uh, and Cal wanted me to talk to him and, and kind of give him some advice and have some conversations with him. And so I think that's probably sparked the relationship. And uh, then as a coach, uh, you know, he was at the Nets. I think he said he tried to uh, trade for me at one point. Uh, but, you know, just knowing him, uh, like I said, from when he was at UMass as a coach, uh, some mutual friends, and uh, then I had the opportunity to go with him at, at the University of Memphis. You also had a good connection with Cal and Memphis. Uh, Orlando Antigua, you went with him to South Florida whenever he got the coaching job there. What was that like and uh, coaching at South Florida? And what's your, uh, what was your relationship with Orlando Antigua like? Well, uh, the, 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 uh, the, the situation in South Florida, you know, we obviously we had a, had a rough time uh, three years there, you know, trying to build a program that didn't really turn out uh, probably the way we would have liked it to. Uh, but the good thing about that, that it's an experience. And I always, you know, I always look at things like that. And I've learned a lot from South Florida. I've learned from Kentucky. I've learned from Memphis. So, you know, whenever, you know, in the successful season and, you know, season where you have some hardships and some hard times, you learn from it. Uh, so, uh, you know, I, I'm, I'm, I'm thankful for all the experiences. DeMarcus is DeMarcus Cousins' little brother Jalil was on that team. Was on that team, right? Yes. Yeah, I, I just remembered that whenever you were talking about South Florida. Uh, yeah. I was scrolling through my Twitter feed the other day, and I saw that you tweeted about Lonzo Ball, and I was pretty intrigued. Mm-hmm. I actually had one of my Laker friends send it to me. Uh, mm-hmm. Huge Lakers fan and all. And unlike mm-hmm. a lot of former players, you actually complimented him, saying that he's on a much different team with him, saying that he has an impact on the court. Tell us what you think about Lonzo and also what you think of that, about these young Lakers who have won three straight and are coming off a big win over their rival Boston Celtics. Well, this is what I say to you. I've watched Alonzo Ball from the beginning, obviously. And, you know, if I think if you look at my tweets, uh, the only thing I questioned with him earlier was his effort and his intensity. I just, it just didn't seem like he was all in. It didn't seem like he was competing. Uh, you know, he has instincts. Like, that's, that's, I mean, you can see that right away. He's a great passer. He sees the court. He gives up the ball. He can rebound. So he has you know he has all that covered uh offensively i thought he just needed to be more uh, aggressive i thought he should take more shots going to the basket he always looked to pass uh but as the season's gone on and obviously he's probably gotten in the gym and gotten some work you can see he's getting better you can see he's growing uh he still can be more aggressive uh at times but you can see it, and then it shows, you know, after a while, as you watch the team, it shows in the effect that he has on his teammates. You know, when he plays, it's a different ball game. When he doesn't play, they don't play as well, even though I guess they won in, uh, the other day in Boston or against Boston without him. But you can tell he has a he has an effect on the game in an old-school way. And just because he gives the ball up, he makes, he makes the other guys uh, – 
uh, better in the sense that now they get a chance to be a part of the game. And he gets them easy basket because he throws it up ahead. You know, they can get out in the open court and they can do their thing. So, uh, you know, the more I see him, I mean, I like him. I've always liked him. I just, I was puzzled early in the year as to how he was playing and how he was competing. I just I just didn't think he was competing. But he seems like he's turned it up a little bit. And this is his first year. He's got a lot of heat on him. Probably because, you know, the pops kind of, you know, talks and, and puts stuff out there and probably a little bit unnecessary pressure on him. So he gets a lot of heat for that. But if you look at his numbers and, you know, it's not bad. He's averaging, I don't know, 11 points, seven rebounds, seven assists. You know, that's that's a solid rookie year. And so, you know, I look at him now and, you know, he has an, he has an off season ahead of him. And usually you get better, you know, in the off season if you're doing what you're supposed to do. So I think he'll work on his jump shot and work on his craft and hopefully come back, uh, come back better. Something with Lonzo that I also think uh, will really help him is if he gets more shooters around him because really the only sh- true knockdown shooter on the team is Kyle Kuzma. And he had struggles in college, only shooting like 31%. So whenever we can – the team can get Lonzo some more shooters. I think you'll see his assist numbers skyrocket, and you'll really see the way that Luke Walton wants to play uh, really come into fruition. Uh, I really like what I'm seeing from Lonzo. He's actually really underrated defensively. He was – I tweeted uh, – I don't know about that one, but go ahead. I, I was tweeting earlier this uh, year. I was looking on the stats. He was averaging over a block per game. And I was looking, he's the only point guard ever to average over a block per game. He would have been. He's not averaging a block now. Well, well let me say this to you. Them statistics mean nothing. So, I don't know. Allen Iverson led the league in scoring. He wasn't a good defender. And, you know, that's all due respect to the great Allen Iverson. But the statistics don't tell the story. Lonzo Ball, you know, I guess he could be a better defender. You know, maybe he will in time. And usually, you know, as, as guys go along during the, uh, their careers, they get better as defenders, but I would definitely not call him a good defender at this point in his career. I don't think he can really uh, play great defense on like the quick and elite point guards. I think he can guard the shooting guards. That's why uh, I've been talking about how the Lakers should try and trade for him. So Kimba can guard the smaller point guards and Lonzo can guard the shooting guards. That's not going to happen, but we can always dream Lakers. <laughs> Hopefully we get Paul George in there next summer, so right. we'll get some other things. But, Rod, it's been a pleasure to interview you here on the Ball Talk pod, and I think it was a great show. We'd love to have Thank you sometime. Thank you. I appreciate you having me. Thanks again, Rod. This All right, have a good one. This has been our interview with former NBA All-Star the NBA star Rod Strickland on the Ball Talk Pod. Check us out on iTunes, SoundCloud, our website, www.balltalkpod.com, and also all of our social media accounts. Talk to you all soon.